0: Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage 4 colon cancer. My amazing wife Linda has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members and we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 146 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me. A little bit of an update on me. Still going through chemo treatments at the time that this Episode comes out. I will uh, be a couple of days from treatment number five for my stage four colorectal cancer. Been managing it as best as can be expected, and we'll be having a scan early in April to see how well the chemo has been doing its job. So, fingers crossed for that. More excitingly, just came out of, I'm recording this prior to, so I can't, I, I got to juggle the messaging here, but the, the time that this is coming out, I will have completed my six annual, attending my six annual PodFest Multimedia Expo in Orlando, Florida. There's going to be close to 2,000 people in attendance, and I had the privilege of Kicking off the uh, track for new podcasters, teaching the new folks how to get involved in podcasting and sharing the story of my why. And if anybody, if you want to know what my why is, look in the mirror. The whole reason we do this show is for the folks who are listening, who take in these messages of information, inspiration, and hope. You are the reason why we do what we do and have been doing it for over five years. So thank you for that. My guest this week is Meg Hirschberg. Meg was first diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2001. She's dealt with uh, a few recurrences since then. But what Meg is known for is she is the founder of the Anti-Cancer Lifestyle Foundation, which is a nonprofit dedicated to promoting evidence-based lifestyle transformation for cancer survivors. This is an amazing comprehensive online program that you definitely want to check out. You can learn more about it by visiting the Anti-Cancer Lifestyle website at anticancerlifestyle.org. Join me now for my conversation with Meg Hirschberg. Meg, welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate you making the time to join us. And, you know, the first thing I saw when your folks reached out to me that just, you know, so pushed my button was I saw a (laughs) 20-year cancer survivor. Yeah. And I think in the 140-plus episodes and interviews that I've done, I can only think of one person that I've interviewed that could make that claim. Wow. What do you attribute that to?
1: (laughs) Well, my oncologist calls me every time I go in he calls me either a freak or a weirdo or a freaking weirdo because I don't <laughs> think he understands either. and you know i i I think cancer is obviously very complicated and I can't really answer that from a if I if I'm wearing a scientist hat, I can't answer it in that way. but I can tell you that I I really do believe that a sort of anti-inflammatory lifestyle does help. It is it is and that's backed up by a lot of the research that that we use in our program.
0: And- when we spoke, we we talked about a book that was kind of the behind your thought process of creating the anti-cancer lifestyle program. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that was the very first book that I read when I was diagnosed. And the book is Anti-Cancer, a new way of life by David Servan Schreiber. And what was it about that book that that resonated with you?
1: Well, that book came along at a time when I had my first cancer recurrence. I was actually diagnosed and treated with stage three breast cancer in 2001. And then in 2008, I had a recurrence in a single metastasis in my bone. And at that point, you know, I mean, obviously a a diagnosis of cancer is extremely uh, distressing and disorienting to anyone, but having a cancer recurrence, as you know well, Lee, is really uh, disturbs any sort of equilibrium you may have you know managed to achieve after you've been treated for cancer and this feeling of just like, oh my God, I really have this thing, this could kill me. What can I do? How can I help myself? you know in addition to all these treatments that I received which definitely saved my life, but I wanted to figure out what I could do on behalf of myself or my own well-being that might end up delaying time to recurrence or living overall healthier lifestyle. I wasn't really sure, but I was looking for guidance. And unfortunately, I got typical of most cancer patients, I got zero guidance from my uh, oncologist. And they all seem to give the same kind of answer, which is basically, you know, just to, you know, go back to your life as normal, try to keep your stress level down, and I'll see you in six months for your scan. They seem to just get this sort of canned response that they learn in medical school
0: right? or something, because yeah. they all
1: say the same thing. And I just, I thought, wow, you know, that's like, that, I mean, it just created an information vacuum for me the way it does for most people and with most people vacuums get filled you know they go home they go online they look for other treatments they look for other providers they look for supplements friends tell them things that are you know anecdotal there's no real necessarily any scientific basis for a lot of the things that are recommended to people when they start searching like in that way and that was just not satisfying to me. I, I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. I mean, people were full of advice, you know, friends, and I ran into things online, and I didn't know what to do. I felt really paralyzed until I ran into Dr. Servan Schreiber's book, Anti-Cancer, A New Way of Life. And finally, I found this resource from a physician and neuroscientist, which David was, unfortunately, he passed away in 2012. But I found a resource that had really good evidence-based lifestyle changes that I could make that stood a chance of reducing my odds of recurrence or at least lengthening time to recurrence because uh, on a population level, these lifestyle changes have been shown to help. So I was really excited when I found that and then I, it gave me direction about what I could do. So I started doing a lot of the things I was reading about in David's book and I was feeling better, feeling healthier. And then I realized, you know, gee, it's really hard to make lifestyle changes from a book. So I approached our local cancer center. We have an excellent local cancer center. And I approached them and said, hey, why don't we create a course? You know, I'm, hel- I'm willing to help fund a course here that is based on this book. I brought them like 25 copies of the book. I said, you all read it, <laughs> see what you think. And if you think it's valid and valuable, why don't we create a course? And they, to my amazement said, sure. You know, they a lot of them read the book and they said, well, yeah, this is, you know, great evidence. And we agree with this and let's create this course. So we spent about a year by we, I mean the director of the Cancer Center, myself, and then content experts in the various fields that we cover, which are diet, fitness, mindset, uh, and environment. And and we developed a 12-week course, which has been now offered at our cancer center since 2011. We've had hundreds of patients through it. So it's been very exciting.
0: That is exciting. And, you know, one of the common themes that I hear from cancer patients, and quite honestly, With my own experience, these last nine years is the biggest thing and the impact that cancer has on our life is the loss of control. Right. We're out of, you know, this is happening to us. Right. And it it talked to me about, you know, how it, it sounds like, you know, this gives those of us affected by cancer an opportunity to take some control and not just let things happen to us.
1: Exactly, and that is exactly what the hundreds of patients who've been through the program, when they do their evaluations, that is a word you see in the evaluations almost every time, which is control or empowerment, or they have this sense of direction, like they come together as a learning community and they start to feel like, wow, these are things I can actually do. I do have some control over my well-being. I do have some control over the terrain that is my body, that I, I can either help it and feed it and garden and weed it properly so that, that good things grow, if I can use that analogy, or you know on the other hand, treat it poorly in ways that promote inflammation. Cancer is, after all, an inflammatory disease. So I think giving people the tools that they really understand are based on the latest scientific data so that they're they're sort of the best evidence we do have for what people can do, I think is just very empowering. And that's what we get reported back from patients who've been through the in-person course. And we felt so strongly about that and the positive response we were getting that we decided to put the entire curriculum online. So it is now available. We finally finished after about a two-year effort with all of our content experts and and various people working very hard on this. We've put together this kind of multimedia, very diverting course. It's not just like a talking head, but we've got animation and we have video, we have demonstrations and we have all kinds of things to kind of keep it interesting, the online course. And now it's freely available to anyone uh, who wants to take it.
0: That's really exciting. Has the content of the course changed or evolved over time?
1: You know, we have done annual updates. We do annual updates to the curriculum. So mostly, you know, honestly, the the core things that we recommend don't really change. We don't, for example, we don't recommend specific diets, just to give you one example because so so cuz if you recommend a specific diet well then 2 years later you might find out there's another diet that you know more people are talking about but we just talk about basic principles of healthy eating and and basic things that you can do to make sure that your that your overall diet is what's considered a healthy one so we don't get you know we don't recommend particular things so that's the kind of thing that is evergreen the the data around that really doesn't change. And we might, a lot of times we'll add more data, we'll add more studies, but basically everything that we recommend, there's, it's really not in dispute and hasn't right. been in dispute for, you know, ever since we've started gathering data on these topics. If anything, the information just becomes stronger every year. And we do a lot of citations, I mean, in our our course, and I should mention, that we also on our website, we have a whole toolkit that, that and you don't even have to sign up for the course to, to, to look at the toolkit. But the toolkit contains apps and books and websites and videos and tip sheets and all kinds of things that people like to learn, you know, ways, different ways to learn how to how to what these changes should be and then and how to actually do them in a sustainable way so that is open and free access to anyone who goes on our website which i should mention is anti-cancer lifestyle.org
0: we'll definitely have the link to that and uh, other places people can find you in the show notes of today's episode Great. on the we have cancer website for our listeners one of the things that also jumped out at me too meg was the word lifestyle. Yes. You know, part of me was, was thinking, you know, if it said diet or program, the reaction could be, you know, this is something that I'm gonna have to follow and stick to. Mm, like you said, yes. it's not a diet, but it's a way of of living. And was that intentional in the design of this program to refer to it as a lifestyle?
1: yes very much so and and the idea really is that is not to convey that you have to do all these things at once but it's more to give people the information and the tools that they need over the course of time to to understand sort of what direction they they should head in to really decrease inflammation in their body and enhance the ability of their immune systems to fight disease. And I should mention that the same things that we recommend, like if you were to look at say a cardiac care program or an anti-diabetes program, you would find the same things recommended essentially. I mean, the, the data we use is from Cancer World, but still ultimately we all kind of wind up in the same place uh, that there's just kind of basic lifestyle habits that promote health and well-being, and not just with respect to cancer, but with respect to chronic illnesses in general, you know, at least the big killers in the United States today. So this is not, I should mention, this is not just really a cancer prevention program or a cancer recurrence prevention program, but it's really a wellness and overall prevention program.
0: So that being said, I think one of the things that people struggle with when they're altering their lifestyle is if they have to do it alone. So there's certainly no reason that a cancer patient and their caregiver who is does not have cancer couldn't both undertake this program, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, it's more helpful for the patient if the caregivers or the people who they live with are also on board to at least some degree. I mean, for example, you know, if you're deciding to cut back on meat or processed foods or sugar, which are things that we recommend in our anti-cancer diet module, it's helpful if if the family in general gets on board with that as well, because then that, you know, because you, what you don't want is set up for tension in people's home lives where they're trying to promote their health by eating a certain way or by incorporating certain lifestyle habits. I mean, another example we'll see in class sometimes is in our environment curriculum, which really helps people look at their their daily toxic exposures that they are able to reduce by just smarter purchasing decisions that will that will really reduce their exposures to known carcinogens, known chemicals of concern and endocrine disrupting chemicals as well. So some of that may involve say you get change your laundry detergent. And we've had this come up in class, you know, simple things like a woman will say, "Well, my husband, he doesn't like that I'm buying this detergent that's unscented." And he liked the smell of the tide, you know, detergent. It just, it made him feel like the clothes were really clean. And so, you know, just things like that, they do come up in the home environment when people make changes and that's something that's trivial, but you know, a family's diet is not so trivial. So, so it, it would absolutely help in general for this to become a, a family endeavor, you know, where everybody's kind of on the same page and also learning about these things, as, as well as the, the person who's got a cancer diagnosis or is just trying to really promote their health.
0: Everybody. That
1: isn't always the case though, you don't always sure. have your, <laughs> your family and loved ones on board. And actually part of our program, and we, we do have an introductory module as well to, to our online course, and we do talk about how do you handle it when those around you are threatened by some of the changes you're making, because that's the reality of people's lives. It comes up all the time. We in class, in our in-person program, we had a woman who used to go out every Friday night drinking with a buddy. It was just their habit, you know, and it was their time to get together and share stories. And, you know, it was just their girl time. And when she understood that, you know, alcohol is a group one carcinogen, and learned that in our course, she decided to, you know, not do that anymore. We don't say cut all alcohol out necessarily, but certainly it's best to reduce, reduce drinking as, as best you can. And, you know, her friend was very upset and offended and took it personally and just like, what, you don't want to be with me anymore. And, you know, Mm. so you do have kind of mixed signals. Sometimes it's not always easy for people, but in general, you know, you can't, control how other people are going to react and respond, and you just have to do what's right for you.
0: Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. Right. Well, and that's that's interesting because where I wanted to go next was the word moderation. You know, I've seen people typically I see this more with people who are recently diagnosed in the various, let's say, Facebook support groups. Who, you know, I was feeling so down and depressed, and I had (laughs) six Oreo cookies, and I'm freaking out because of, you know, because I know cancer thrives on sugar, and and oh my god, and they're, you know, they're in a this massive panic.
1: (laughs) Well, we do our level best to reduce panic. And that comes whether it has to do with food, as you, we've heard stories like your. I mean, I've just come, it, it's just, it's just, we're recording this just uh, around uh, Thanksgiving. And I, um, I just, you know, ate pumpkin pie for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the last week. <laughs> so that was not a very good anti cancer <laughs> diet. But I, you know, and when, so when it comes to diet or, or sometimes when it comes to environment, when people learn about all the things in their homes or that they're purchasing that have, you know, toxic chemicals and then when they understand that they're not actually being protected by our government from these things they're shocked to learn that and they start sort of freaking out so we we really try to lower the temperature on all of this stuff you know because it's not about being perfect it's not about doing everything right every day you are going to fall off the wagon and then how I mean, I fall off the wagon all the time. And I've been you know, doing this stuff for a long time now. How you talk to yourself in those moments really matters. You know, you have to just give yourself a little break. It just because if you're a smoker and you try to quit smoking, which of course we recommend highly, and then you, know, you, you end up having a stressful day at work and you grab a cigarette, it's like it doesn't mean you're a smoker again. It doesn't mean you failed. You know, take these things as information. Like, what? look at like, why did that happen? Okay, so take the case of the cigarette. Like, why did I reach for that cigarette? Well, I was really stressed out. So, well, what's another way I can handle this at work when I'm in a stressful situation? Maybe I can go talk to a coworker. Maybe I can take a walk. Maybe, I, you know, there's a hundred things you can try think of that things that might work for you to help you avoid that happening again so that's more what we encourage people to do you know is to understand when they're disappointed in themselves to not use it as an occasion to judge and condemn themselves because then that just starts a whole bad cycle of things and then it gets worse and it's like well i have the oreo cookies so now i'm going to have a pint of ice cream to you know as long as i'm going for it here so, yeah, we just encourage people to start afresh each day. And, and that's a big part of our course is once you have the information, that's the key thing. Like these are things, you, you go on our website and, and you sign up for a course and you learn the things that you we know. These are, this is the best information we have available today. And so you know what those things are. And so it's just a matter of, okay, how do I fold this into my life? Where do I begin? And we do give a lot of tips about that, how to get started. I think that's really important. And then how to sustain, but to understand that we're all on this path. No one has achieved perfection.
0: Yeah, well, sure. And and it's, it's such an impact on your right. life just dealing with cancer to begin with that, uh, you know, to put these unrealistic expectations on top of that, you know, a new diet and exercise and these kinds of things, would you would you say it makes sense to just judge it as hey am i eating healthier now than i used to
1: yeah i yeah I,
0: and yeah. you know am i exercising more than i used to and then maybe a month later saying hey am i eating healthier than i was a month ago and and not to make that 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 standard uh, that bar so high for yourself that when you do to use your words fall off the wagon that you're not you know feeling like a failure Yeah I mean I think one thing we do
1: of, encourage you know is more specificity than you're saying you know we we sure. do we do find that it's helpful we have we sure. have certain oh, things that we introduce in our introductory module called smart goals where you actually you know do commit to doing certain things you write them down and you you know for example if you're thinking well I I want to get you know, more physically active. Well, it's not good enough to say, well, I think I'm going to walk three times this week. For example, just give you an example. We encourage you to say, okay, I'm going to walk on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for a half an hour. And I'm going to walk at a fast enough pace to increase my heart rate to X. You know what I mean? Just, Specific, I think specific okay. goals mm-hmm. in the end, it's been found by, you know, behavioral researchers that specific goals really do help you attain them. If you keep it vague in general, like I'm going to walk three three times this week, it's like, I don't feel like it today. I'll do it tomorrow. You know how that goes. We all do that, right? So no, I committed. Yeah. I'm doing it right, Monday, right. Wednesday, and Friday. Damn it! So, you know, we—I think that's the kind of thing yeah. that holding yourself to some—and and you set the standard. I mean, you may find, oh, gee, I, I overreached. You know, I—I said I set the bar too high. So then you redo the standard to something that you feel you can achieve. But we certainly do encourage that. And then, you know, whether you want to do it on a monthly basis, maybe you know next week or next month, whatever time frame you want to set, you set your new goal, but you write it down and you make it very specific.
0: What do you recommend is the best way to start this program? Somebody comes to the website and they see all these resources. What's the best first step?
1: So basically, you just go on the website and we have a a big button at the top that says Start Learning Now. And you click on that and you register for the course. It costs $19.95 for unlimited access to all the modules. And you know, we didn't want to charge at all, but we, we are charged for our space on this uh, learning management system website. So we're basically passing along that cost. And then, that, then you just go in and you can take there again, there's four main modules and then an introductory module. And the four main modules to repeat are, are diet, fitness, mindset, and environment. And you can take any of them, all of them, you can do them at your own pace, you can stop and start, you can go back and refresh. There's so much good content there. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled with the way it, it came out, and uh, we make it you know interesting for you. Uh, there's again there's videos and demonstrations and animation and you know we make we keep it lively <laughs> to make it you know to really help people get through no god no, no 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 I, i've text. certainly seen courses like that or on the on the other hand i've seen courses that are just you know talking heads staring at the camera which can also get kind of boring so and then in in association with the course we have tip sheets that are available on the website again these tip sheets are quick and easy ways to get started with things. We have tons of ways, for for instance, with the anti-cancer environment, we give a lot of really helpful websites and resources to vet the products that you buy. So you don't need a PhD to go shopping. You can just check them out, you know, type them in on these Mm. websites and see how they're rated by scientists who do the research on these products and boom, you know, it's done. So we try to give a lot of handy tips to make all of this easier for people.
0: And the thing that I think is so important is it's evidence-based. This is when I looked over your website and looked who was on your list of advisors and board of directors, I saw people from places like the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston. So this isn't just something that some people just thought would be a good idea you know this unfortunately oh. there's a lot of bad information out there and you go <laughs> visit dr google but this is this is evidence scientific based and at the same time what you said when we started our conversation is it's also not by any means meant that it's going to cure cancer it's just going to help those who choose to be part of this program Lead a healthier lifestyle. Hopefully, reduce the risk of recurrence. Slow down. Hopefully, things less aggressive than maybe they would have been. But by no means are we, you know are we saying this is going to keep everybody's cancer permanently at bay? Should you know? Should you they know, you could
1: program? you could smoke eight packs a day and eat nothing but processed food and sugar and never move your body and still not get cancer, or you could do everything we recommend in our program to a T and still get cancer. So, you know, we're, we we make no claims right. about, about that with, a, with respect to an individual. That would not be scientific, that would not be evidence-based, and that would be misleading and a, a heartbreakingly misleading for people. And I know there are people out there who talk sure. about complementary and alternative, you know, this kind of lifestyle approach, who do either state directly or imply that, you know, an individual can be cured by doing these things or never get cancer or never get cancer again. And that is just, that's irresponsible. And, you know, we would never make claims like that. The reason that we feel very comfortable recommending this as an anti-cancer program is not because of any, what it will do for any particular individual. It's because the studies that we use are based on large populations, most of them. So, or, or you know, these are all, the, these studies all appear in peer reviewed journals. So it's, it's sort of the best data that we have. So again, we can't speak to what will happen to any individual, but we can speak very confidently about populations. So for example populations who have who eat less meat who reduce their processed foods and sugar and so forth will have less you know lower incidence of cancer and low, and reduced recurrence we have incredible studies about fitness and cancer recurrence uh, especially with particular cancers such as colon and breast that are striking that you know if if you you know exercise 30 minutes a day and you to, in a way that you don't have to be a marathon runner but just increase your your heart rate for 30 minutes a day 5 days a week you can reduce your risk of recurrence with some of these diseases by 25% or 30%. I mean if this were available in a pill form it would be the best selling damn pill in the world, right? But instead it's <laughs> It's not, you know, it's things that people actually have to to do. And that makes it tougher. And the other thing to consider is that, you know, when people say, well, why haven't I heard more about this kind of thing? I don't, you know, I don't get it. Well, it's not because the data isn't there. It's because there's no money in prevention. Uh, Not to sound like a conspiracist at all. But what I mean is that when there's no money in something, there's nobody out there taking out the ads, going to meet with the physicians, making sure it's in all the medical school curriculum, curricula, I mean, you know, for just to give you one example, only 25% of medical schools in this country have one course on human nutrition, even one, and that's only a quarter of them. And yet we know that diet is a huge factor in not just cancer, I mean, obesity is now, the latest studies say obesity is responsible for about, obesity alone is responsible for about 20% of cancers. It's implicated in 10, 12 different cancers, obesity. Wow. And the fa- not to mention heart disease, which everybody knows about with respect to diet. They don't know usually the connection to cancer, but the connection to cancer is quite strong. So the data is there, but again, if these physicians aren't learning about even basics about good human nutrition in medical school, you're not gonna hear about it from your docs because they never got the training. So, so that's, right. why, that's why we feel so strongly about our course because we've done this work with our content experts because we had experts in all these different areas. You know, this isn't, wasn't put together by me, I'm not an expert, but we have, you know, we had a couple of registered dietitians doing the diet piece and so, and so forth. People who really are good in their fields and so pu- that, having them pull all this information together and putting it in one place, so you don't have to sit down at you know and call up Mr. Google and try to find things all over the internet that aren't necessarily so. Right. Sure.
0: Well, this is this is something that I recommend everybody uh, check out. I'm going to. <laughs> Dig into it deeper myself, and then see what I can do to improve uh, my lifestyle as well. Um, and uh, I really appreciate Meg, you making the time to to share your own story and to share the great work that you're doing. And this whole program with the listeners of the We Have Cancer podcast. Mm-hmm. So so thank you for that. And I want to wish you all the best. Uh, as you said, we're recording this <laughs> uh, right, right after Thanksgiving. So thank you. The best for the holidays and the best for the new year, and most importantly, good health uh, moving forward, because I know you just uh, recently came out of a surgery. And thank you for sharing this really valuable resource. With, with the We Have Cancer audience.
1: Oh, Lee, thank you so much for having me. And good luck to you too. And you have a great holiday. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer. And thank you to our sponsor, the Colon Cancer Coalition for your support. You can subscribe to We Have Cancer by visiting Apple Podcasts, google podcast stitcher radio or spotify and you can find us on social media by visiting our facebook page at we have cancer show and at we have cancer pod on both instagram and twitter we have cancer is a proud supporter of genie's blue angels providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer